0: Be sanded down and stained like 20, 25 doors and door jams. And our team just did a fantastic job sanding these doors down, prepping them and taping them uh, so that he can come along and put some stain on them. Uh, there's a lot of hard work these guys are doing for this building. This is our crew again fixing that flower bed. And again, that area needed a bush hog to get through before they started. That's the gang up on the roof. Again, no incriminating pictures. This is at one time, uh, Nancy and my wife were up on the scissor lift. They drove it around the whole building, never ran into anything, and painted all the trim that was way off the ground. It kept them from being on ladders and such. And so uh, the ladies took, uh, took great care, painting all sorts of trim. The inside of the building looked great when they finished up with it. Again, this is another view of, of all the windows they painted. So painting window trim, relatively simple task, right? Painting window trim 25 feet off the ground, much more difficult task. Probably the most fun part of the whole trip was walking up to the ladies, shaking the lift, yelling and scaring them. I would say that was probably my favorite part of the trip, but uh, that's all of our pictures for now. So I'm going to invite any of you guys that want to come up and share something to come on up and uh, we'll get going. Mom first. Let my mom go first before she backs out.
1: Well, uh, without a doubt, uh, mission trips, you always go going to bless people. And you always come back learning far more and being blessed more than when you left. Uh, without a doubt, you come back excited. You come back uh, exhausted. Uh, I did not paint. I did not nail. I didn't do dirt. I cooked. So I was a little bit apart, of the, apart from the group for, for a, lot of, um, a lot of the mission trip. But I asked God this week, I said, you showed me a lot, but what do you want me to tell the church about the mission trip? What did I learn? And uh, he was very clear about it, because sometimes I say, God, you know, I need the rainbow. And I don't know if you've ever done that, but I said, I need it, I need the rainbow. So he taught me a lot about listening to our leaders. Um, it's not our agenda. When you go on a mission trip, a lot of times you go and you think, man, we could really do that better that way. But you learn that God's already put somebody in charge of the mission trip, and your job is to go and do what he tells you to do. On the mission trip, we learn that there's no clicks. Uh, a lot of times, we all know what clicks are. And just a side note, if you're in a click, I can tell you I've been in a click, and you need to run, and you need to run fast. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, there are teams, and that's what a mission trip's about. It's about a team. It's about everybody working together for the mission of God. There's no complaining. I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, last year's mission trip and this year's mission trip, I never, ever, ever heard anybody complain.
0: And there was stuff to complain about.
1: And there was stuff to complain, <laughs> yes. And there, but not the cook not it, cooking, that's right. <laughs> I didn't hear it. But anyway, you, do, you don't hear complaining. You prepare yourself and you go with the mindset that I'm going to do what God wants me to do regardless of my faults. I'm going to go the best I can and be the best I can. And as a church, God just told me that's the only way we can do this church is if we're a team. I also learned to be considerate and put others before myself. And I think for some of us, sometimes we get caught up in that. And sometimes that's hard to do. Uh, So when we came home, my devotions this week led me to uh, Titus 3, 1 and 2. And it's funny because when I tell you that God told me to give me a sign, these are the first three words, remind the people. So it says, remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and to show true humility towards all men. And I think that's not just for the mission trip. That's for the church. And I think that's what he wants me to tell you guys. It's not just about a week. It's about a year. And so my prayer for this church this year is that everybody becomes a team. Everybody becomes united. And that we see that God can do in this church what he did on the mission trip. Thanks. Amen. Thank you. Mm
0: All right, anybody else? I'll tell you that it took me a week and a half or two weeks to lose the weight that I gained while my mom was cooking for us on the mission trip, so.
2: Um, I, I've, it got us so good because it goes right along with what she was saying. And we really haven't talked about this, what we we're going to say. But I'm sure what y'all have to say is, just is the same. But what a blessing, what a blessing. Um, there, there's a lot of things hard in life and mission trips can be hard. But when we seek the good, we see the good. And so, what a blessing to see so many people work together to accomplish a goal that isn't our own—that was for another church, another a group of people, but believers. What a blessing to see our boys work joyfully. Um, whatever they were asked to do, they just ran and did it. Uh, they didn't. And all the jobs weren't pretty, but um, they had the freedom to say no, but they chose yes. And so. Um, one of the things that we absolutely talked about the whole week was our worship time on Sunday morning. We got there Saturday night late, and we had worship with them Sunday morning, and our, our team led the worship service. And there was just a spirit of just awe and wonder and just a goodness within the, the people there and the team, our team. But um, one of the things that I shared Sunday morning was that missions is about... The fact that we've been so blessed that we get to give that blessing to someone else. Psalm 67 says, God blesses us that all the ends of the earth may fear him. Now, like I asked them, do you consider yourself blessed? Raise your hand. Are you blessed? Mm, some people are wondering. Uh, we are all blessed. We are all sitting here in the air condition with our, our nice clothes and our car outside. We are all blessed to have our Bibles open before the Lord and with other believers. And therefore, we should be able to bless others with that exact same gift. And so um, go share the news with to the ends of the earth. Um, one of the things I love, like I said, I love seeing my family serve together. Mission trips are for everyone, and the adventure starts now. It was an adventure. We had, um, every age group on this bus. Every age group. Now, some people might say that might drive someone crazy, but we had a wonderful time. The boys were a blessing, the older people were a blessing to our boys, and vice versa. Um, Amy Carmichael has a, a quote that I shared, that the training of a missionary should begin in the nursery school. In the nursery. School should continue it, and the home should nourish it. Now, that sounds like a community, doesn't it? It sounds like that's something we all come along each other and push each other to be missionaries in our homes, and our churches, and in our schools, and to raise our children to be those who go and serve, but also share Christ in the midst of it. So I was blessed um, for just the the like-mindedness of all of us as we are all different ages and different seasons, but we all worship the same God and that we had fun doing it. And so I challenge you, if you're blessed, go and serve. Thanks.
0: You boys want to share anything?
3: This mission trip was my second one, and it probably was my best one yet but I learned a lot of things this mission trip and I learned that most of the time when you go to serve somebody it's not doing what you're best at but it's doing what you can do for them and I learned that I went there and I expected to do a lot and walk away seeing all my progress and stuff but when I went there i I did a lot of work, that's what everybody told me, but I didn't believe in myself, and I was actually um, sticking my nose up way in the air. And that week, God just told me to uh, swallow my pride and start the work. And when I did that, it turned out to be a great mission trip, and ev- and everything went perfect. And that's all I have to say, yes.
0: Good job, babe. Huh?
4: Okay, I have two or three comments. Um, So, um, all week I felt like I was in the right place at the right time um, and doing what God wanted me to do. Um, So, that's different from most weeks when I'm um, seeking God's will or uh, actively refusing to do what I know He wants me to do. So, the week was very relaxing and enjoyable from that respect. Another thing, uh, I enjoyed uh, serving with the other people from Cashai. Um Everybody had a great attitude. Everybody worked hard. Uh, I particularly enjoyed uh, serving with Bobby uh, and his family. So um, you might think it's um, just part of a pastor's job to go on mission trips and do things like that. Uh, that might be true. But... Uh, not only did, um, well, first of all, there's 60 churches in the uh, West Jawine Association. Our pastor was the only one of that uh, Terry, our director of missions. Um, so not only did Bobby go, um, he drove the bus the whole time. Um, he was our chief carpenter. And as Jesse's already said, he, he brought his whole family. Um, so if you know Bobby and and Jesse at all, you know, they have a real heart for serving others. And uh, it's just a real joy to watch them uh, teach that same spirit uh, to their boys. So uh, it's very enjoyable. Uh, and, and one last thing, uh, I really enjoyed seeing our church bus with the trailer behind it um, parked at our gas stations, um, rest areas. From Virginia, Maryland, Delaware, New Jersey, New York, and Massachusetts, Um, so people were probably wondering what that church bus was doing so far away from home. So uh, they were probably wondering what we were doing, but um, they knew we were up to something, and so uh, that was a good thing.
5: Well, I think most people that know me think I'm a little bit crazy about missions, (laughs) and I am. (laughs) I didn't realize that it defined me quite as much as it did. I was recently in the post office in Coleraine with a young man that uh, I had known for many, many years, and his family had grown up, and I had seen his children grow up, and he said to me, he said, Miss Sue? Whenever my wife and I think about you, we think about missions. And I thought, oh, I can't think of a better way (laughs) to be remembered. I'm so grateful, though, for being raised by a family and in a church where missions was important. And I was taught, you know, from an early age to love missions and to go on mission trips and then to allow my children to do that as they come along and now seeing my grandchildren do that. And what a joy it was to go this week, two weeks ago, and just be a part of helping this community that didn't have a building to worship in just do our little part with getting that building ready. I I had a sense of guilt so much of the week, and I thought to myself, here we walk into a beautiful church building, and we have churches all around us, that aren't filled by any means, you know. And here we are with a group of people, and this minister and his wife just so committed to wanting to help that community and to have a church for them. They're so burdened now with trying to get this building ready, but their heart is in serving that community and trying to meet the needs of those people in such an unchurched community. So I was just grateful to be a part of helping just in the little way that we did. And here there's a song <laughs> that I remember singing so often in the old country church I grew up in that was called Ready. And the chorus of that song was ready to go, ready to stay, ready my place to feel, ready to go, ready to stay, ready to do His will. And I think that's what, you know, we all need to be ready to do. And as I watched this family with young boys, I thought, you know, this is where it begins. We as a church, as parents, as grandparents, need to teach our children, you know, As it says on the, stand up Nancy and let them see the back of your church. (laughs) Serving Him by serving others. That's what we did and that's what missions is all about. And it starts when we teach them as young children to go and to serve and to be conserved, you know, to be concerned about the needs of others. So let's take that as a challenge, you know, to teach our children that and as a church, you know, to be willing to be on mission and to go and to serve others.
3: Good morning. I began to prepare a little when I was asked to give a report and I know Bobby only expected us each to speak only a few minutes. But as I sat down and reflected on the trip and jot down people and things that meant the most to me, before I knew it, I'd practically written a whole sermon. Uh, I found what I was most, in, most impacted about happened to be what Sue hit on, our T-shirts. To me, that says it all, serving him by serving others. There was a sacrifice each and every one of our team members made. It is a sacrifice we can all make if we choose to. It is a small sacrifice and the gift that God gives us every day. And that gift is time. We can... When we are young, we think we have all the time in the world. When we're teenagers... We wish we would hurry up and get older to do certain things. And when we're older, we wish we could slow time down. We are given 24 hours in a day. There are 365 days in a year. 54 of those days are Sundays. So I don't want to count those because that's the Lord's day and a day of rest of one day we are given 24 hours in the 24 hours of a day we sleep about 7 hours we work 8 day 8 hours and that leaves 9 hours we eat 3 hours i'm considering maybe an hour for breakfast an hour for lunch and an hour for supper statistics say that leaves us only 6 hours And statistics say the average American uses TV and technology about five of those hours. (laughs) So that leaves us one hour for us to do what we want. Kids two to 11 years old watch about five hours or use technology. I'm talking about your Facebook or your Game Boy. Adults 35 to 49, spend 33 hours per week. You still have an hour to choose how to spend time. You could use 15 minutes to read the Bible and spend with God. 15 minutes for your children. 15 minutes maybe to spend with your spouse. Or even 15 minutes sometime you got to take a shower Team members spent seven hours sleep, eight hours working for others, three hours eating and the six hours that we have that we choose to do what we want with. We spent just either devotional prayer and even laughing and fellowshipping and having a good time with one another at no time Ms. Janice was right. At no time did we hear anybody complaining. At no time was there any arguing or dis- hard decisions to have to make. We just really had a wonderful time. We even spent time singing. And it was a joy. And ins- joy and satisfaction of knowing that serving him... We were serving others. I want to leave you with this. They say bring God back into the school. That's great, and I'm all for it. I'd love to see that. But we need to bring God back into our homes, our families and hearts. Sacrifice that little bit of time, that gift that God already gave you. You don't have to go all the way to Lee to do that. We've got vacation Bible school, and I was happy to see this morning in the bulletin a way that you can serve God. Just sign up for something. Spend that extra little time. It would be wonderful if we had more volunteers for vacation Bible school than we knew what to do with. But we've always are short. We don't know where. You just need to sacrifice a little time. If you're bringing, if sending your children. Or if your grandparents and know that your children grandchildren are going to be here for Vacation Bible School, sign up. Do something. The simplest thing I can think of is we're leading the children from one group to another. Can you walk? You had to have walked to get here. That's all you got to do is walk with a group of kids from one station to another. How hard is that? And you will be blessed, I promise. You'll feel the sensation that you have done something wonderful. You just have no idea. So I leave you with this. Titus is only seven years old. He was the best gopher you could ever ask for. If you needed a drink of water and didn't want to go all the way over to where the cooler was, you'd say, hey, Titus, bring me some water. He'd run over there and get it and bring it to you. He even helped with painting. What kid doesn't love to paint? And I know he got just as much on him as he did on the wall. <laughs> and Miss Frances. She is 79 years old, going to be 80 years old this August. You would not believe she even got all the way up on the roof when they suggested that Elijah come down And used the weed eater. She got up there to take his place. But they didn't really use her very much. So she said, I'm going to go where I'm useful. And she came down off the roof and was used elsewhere. (laughs) But we did have such a wonderful time. And I bless the youngest to the oldest. If you haven't gone on a mission trip, you better plan on going. Just one time. I challenge you, one time you'll want to go again. Thanks.
0: All right, I'm going to be brief because uh, our time is, is getting at hand. Uh, I do want to tell you about Miss Francis briefly. Uh, 79 years old, getting ready to be 80, and uh, she's a uh, very small statured woman. She's not a not a big woman at all. Uh, we needed help on the roof. In the nicest way possible, we didn't want her help on the roof, right? You know what I mean? Like nobody wants their 79-year-old grandmother on the roof on a mission trip. She said, I can climb a ladder. I'm not afraid of heights. I'm getting on the roof. Also, nobody wants some young punk pastor telling their 79-year-old grandmother no when she's dead set on doing something, right? And so anyway, so she got up on the roof. There wasn't anything for her to do. I'll tell you what else she did. Um, there was a time where uh, Ron and I had put some scaffolding together. Uh, this is scaffolding that any sort of uh, mason would use uh, when they're doing brickwork. We had put two layers high, put all the cross members on, and we needed to move it over about 10 feet. Francis walks outside and grabs the end of a piece of scaffolding and helps us move it 10 feet down the building. So I say that to tell you that you have... Every bit physical ability that Miss Francis had, and she was an absolute blessing on the trip, an absolute blessing. And so if you ever pray about going on a trip and you think, well, there's nothing I can do. Uh, I need to take breaks. I need to rest. I need to do this. I have certain things that I need to do. We had all of those people. We had people with, we had all sorts of diabetics that have diabetic needs, that need to take breaks, that need to drink and eat certain things. And there were people who would would take breaks regularly. You don't have to work all day when you go on a mission trip. You can sit down whenever you need to. And so I tell you all that to take away any sort of uh, intimidation you might have about going on a trip. Um, probably Nancy's biggest Uh, biggest strength on the trip is there's a lady there that she has befriended named suzanne Uh, nancy did a ton of physical labor in uh in in gardens and planting things but her biggest contribution to the trip probably was in suzanne's life encouraging her and walking along beside her in life and encouraging her to keep going and keep doing what she knows that lord's calling her to do and making this church a beautiful place right and you can't you can't know that before you go on a trip. She didn't even know Suzanne two years ago, right? She met her for the first time as a stranger on the trip. And God's just used that relationship in a really neat way. I want to leave you with uh, with one question answered about missions in general. It's a question I hear all the time. And it is, why do we need to go different places, spend money to get there, When we have lost people right outside of our door, you can stand and within the shadow of the steeple of our church, there's a handful of lost people who, if they died today, they would go to hell because they don't know Jesus Christ. They've never been forgiven of their sins. And it would make perfect sense to stay here in Windsor because we speak the same language as people in Windsor. We have the same accent. Listen, we do not talk like people from Massachusetts. Right? We stick out like a sore thumb. We don't look like them. It is obvious that we're different. And why is it that you take a group of 21 people and you travel to Massachusetts where you don't fit in and where you talk way different and you spend more time laughing at that than you do other things? It doesn't make any sense to spend that money unless the commander of the army that you serve told you to go and do it. I'm going to read three Bible verses quickly. This is Matthew chapter 28. This is Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. It's a great commission. You've heard it a dozen times. And Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of the people around you. No, of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so within the Great Commission, Jesus has commanded us not to stay put, but to go to all the nations. If you go over to the book of Acts that we've been studying, you don't have to turn there if you don't want to, but this is Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. And so, brothers and sisters, as followers of Christ, you've been given the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you so that you can be witnesses of the resurrection in Jerusalem, the city that we live in, in Samaria, in Judea, and as it gets wider and wider, even to the remotest part of the earth. And so it doesn't make sense to spend that money. But we have a God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And he can get us anywhere he wants to get us It's not a squandering of resources to go somewhere and to serve the lord last but not least There's two verses over in the book of revelation And I want to I want you to see exactly what god is after you see god doesn't want Just hundreds of people from windsor north carolina worshiping him in heaven right He doesn't just want that he wants all sorts of different people. I did the children's message in the church service and I get the kids down front and I thought, boy, what can I use as a, uh, just as an illustration, right? Randy brought a Leatherman, like a little utility tool. Just for the record, I thought it was a stun gun when he pulled it out of the case and I... And just for the record, a stun gun is a bad prop to bring to a children's message, just just so that we're all clear on that. Anyways, and so I thought, well, what can I bring? And I thought, you know, the best thing that we have to offer is the goofy way that we talk as Southerners up north. And so I get all the kids down and I ask the kids, hey, have y'all ever met a group of people that talk as weird as us? And this kid raises his hand and he says, yes. And I said, really, where was this person from? And he mentioned the town that's about 10 minutes north of where they are, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I said, "Yeah, those folks talk funny, don't they?" And everybody, everybody laughed. But uh, but the heart of the children's message was uh, was trying to get the kids to realize that God that heaven isn't just going to be full of people like them. God is interested in a completely diverse group of people worshiping Him. Listen to this. This is Revelation chapter five, verse eight. I'm going to read verses eight through ten. When he had took the book, the four living creatures and the twenty four elders fell down before the lamb, each one holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, worthy are you to take the book and to break its seals for you were slain and purchased for God with your blood men from every tribe, tongue and people and nation. And you have made them to be a kingdom and priest to our God. And they will reign upon the earth over in Revelation chapter 7. This is verse 9. This is John looking around at heaven. And he says, After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could count, from every nation and all tribes and peoples and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and palm branches were in their hands, and they cry out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb. Gang, heaven is not just going to be full of white individuals who are Southern Baptist. Heaven is going to be full of Koreans and Filipinos, and Asians, Europeans, folks from Australia, folks from the four corners of the earth are going to gather around the throne and they're going to worship God and they're going to worship God because as big as this earth is he is the only thing worthy of our worship and it brings him even more value when every people from every tongue tribe and nation see how great and how incredible he is and how worthy of worship he is and they bow down before him and worship and so we as a church will go to lee massachusetts we will go to places so that when heaven is there for an eternity. We have led people with Yankee accents to the Lord. And we will go places where we have led people that speak other languages to the Lord so that for all of eternity we can look around and see that we contributed to people coming to know faith around the world. And this is bigger than you can ever imagine. There are billions of people on this earth. Over two billion people. You following me? There's about seven billion total over two billion of those people could walk their whole life and never find anybody who knows the name of Jesus and brothers and sisters. If we don't go tell them they may never hear. It is of vital importance, and so I want you to be encouraged about what our church has done. You heard some of the testimonies here. The other cool thing about missions is that it sounds like a lot taking a week off of work paying to go on a trip, and then actually going. But gang, it's not just a one-week investment. It changes the other 51 weeks of the year that you live. It makes you look at life different. And I want to encourage each of you next year to simply pray about whether or not God wants you to go or not. Okay? Not putting a guilt trip on you that everybody needs to go, but at least pray about it and put it on the altar and ask the Lord if he would have you go. Amen? All right, let's pray together as we wrap up. Lord, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you that you indeed are the king of the world who gave his own life so that we could be forgiven of our sins and have a right relationship with you. Lord, I pray that you would use us, our church. Lord, I pray that you would help us to make disciples of people that are different than us. Lord, I pray you'd allow us to see converts from around the world so that when we spend an eternity in heaven together, we can know that we contributed to the overall mission of God. Lord, we love you. Lord, we pray that you would do great things through us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would stand with us for a hymn of invitation. Well, it's a pleasure to see you all here this week. I've got one announcement, and that is that if you are teaching Vacation Bible School and you need your lesson plans, uh, if you could meet in this room over here back behind the sound booth, uh, my wife, Jessie, will give you everything that she's got for you as far as teaching is concerned. Always good to see you guys. I'm going to ask Dr. Tarkington if you would do the honor of closing us in prayer.